Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm your producer, Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Recently, Rob completed a teaching series entitled Save, Sing, and Share the Hymns. This course will teach you how the book of Psalms was arranged and motivate you to create a personal hymn book inside your mind. You'll also journey alongside a young music minister as Rob guides him through 60 classic hymns we should never lose. This unique course includes a downloadable guide to the book of Psalms, live music samples of select hymns, and a bonus interview with worship professor Vernon Whaley. For a limited time, we're offering this nine-session online course at a 50% discount. Visit robertjmorgan.com and click on the Courses link to find and enroll in this self-paced study using any computer or mobile device. And now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening, wherever you are. This is Robert Morgan, and we are studying through the book of the Acts of the Apostles. My um, um, series of studies is called Unstoppable because that's the nature of the evangelistic task that the church has been engaged in for the last 2,000 years. It has its beginning in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. That is the launching pad for missionary uh, endeavors around the world, which are still continuing today. What I'd like to do uh, on this particular podcast is to break away from the uh, day-by-day, chapter-by-chapter study that we've been going through in the book of Acts and talk to you a little about a devotional idea that was very prominent in student missions 100 years ago. Uh, You know, as the missionary movement progressed, there are many different phases to it after the book of Acts and throughout history. It's very interesting for me to study the history of Protestant missions and what happened with uh, those early missionaries from England, such as William Carey and from America, Adoniram Judson. And then we come to the golden age of missions. And then in the 1800s, D.L. Moody, the great American evangelist, was instrumental in a revival that gave new impetus to worldwide missionary efforts among students. And under D.L. Moody's ministry, there was a um, inflaming that occurred among seven young men at Cambridge. We called them the Cambridge Seven. And they went out And not only did they go to the ends of the earth, but they also started a movement known as the Student Volunteer Movement. And the last half of the 1800s and the first part of the 1900s involved thousands of university and college students graduating and going all over the world, very sacrificially, many of them dying very early in primitive places, taking the gospel there. One of these was a lady named Grace Evelyn Wilder, who was born in New York in 1861. She died in India in 1911, the year my father was born. She was 49 years of age. And they had a magazine that was circulated among these student volunteers that were going out to the world. And it was the student volunteer magazine. And Grace Wilder wrote an article about what they called the morning watch. These students were trained to begin every morning in prayer and Bible study, secret prayer and Bible study. 
This is something that I was trained in as well. And my day, it was called the daily quiet time. Sometimes we call it our morning devotions um, or, uh, or our evening devotions. It doesn't have to be in the mornings. But for these student volunteers, the key phrase back then was the morning watch. And Grace Wilder, one of these students who went to India and gave her life there for the establishing of the gospel in India, these students, by the way, paved the way for the great acceleration we've seen and the growth of the church throughout Asia, throughout China, throughout India, also throughout Africa. This was a great era of tremendous sacrifice, but also tremendous blessings. And according to Grace Wilder, so much of it had to do with what they called the morning watch. Well, I found the article that she wrote about this practice. It's in an issue of the Student Volunteer magazine that was published in 1898. And it so expresses what I believe and what has been a secret to my own life uh, that I've just enjoyed reading it. And I want to read part of it to you today as, as, um, as this podcast. So what I'm doing today is related to our study through the book of Acts. It's the secret that missionaries everywhere and Christians all around the world need to capture if they're going to be and if we're going to continue to be effective in reaching the world for Jesus Christ. We need this secret habit, which Grace Wilder here calls as the title of her article, The Value of the Morning Watch. So let me read to you from her article, 1898. She said, a mark of the divine origin of the student volunteer movement is the fact that early in its history, the morning watch became one of its prominent features. God showed us that what was born in prayer could exist only through prayer. Can we doubt that he who appointed times and seasons for meeting and blessing his ancient people has similar thoughts towards us in the morning watch? She said, an Israelite traveled long distances to be present at Jerusalem to fulfill the conditions for receiving God's blessings. We have our, condition, our conditions in the words and example of Jesus regarding secret prayer. The secret place is the place of our bitterest sorrow, our deepest conflicts, and our greatest victory. It has pleased God to appoint this as the place of his giving and of our receiving. And now she's going to have a paragraph about how um, student volunteer missionaries are teaching the international converts to do the same thing. She says converts in non-Christian lands are making this discovery as well. One of our missionaries, Dr. B.A. Atterbury, writes of a Chinese national Christian, Lu Shangqi, and here's the quotation from Dr. Atterbury. The picture so often witnessed when touring with him, with this Chinese national, comes up before me. A small room in a Chinese inn, the temperature may be much below freezing, the time four or five o'clock in the morning, and there with his feet tucked under him, his blanket thrown around his shoulders, a lighted candle by his side, sits this earnest man, Bible in hand, keeping his morning watch of meditation and prayer. 
neither weariness nor cold prevented him at cockcrow from spending an hour with God. This man, out of the depths of his Bible study and his own experience, talks with God as but few I have ever heard. And that's the testimony of one of the um, missionaries, Dr. B.A. Atterbury of the Student Volunteer Movement, about a Chinese that he had witnessed to. Well, Grace Wilder goes on to say, missionary life testifies that Satan's most subtle and renewed attacks are made upon the morning watch. After some nine years of missionary service, it is my conviction that the evil one would have us be faithful in preaching in the classroom, in personal interviews or tours, or in any activity rather than in the secret hours of communion with God. It is comparatively easy to find time for the former, but where is the missionary who has not had outer and inner forces trying to wrench from him, if possible, his secret prayer time? She says, after six years of missionary life, one volunteer was called home by his wife's illness. His mission station had been the scene of intense activity, and not until he was separated from the scene did he realize how his work had crowded out his morning prayer time. He'd striven to give that which he had not humbly waited to receive. His testimony was, quote, the home furlough was as needful for me spiritually as it was for my wife physically. And then she said, and I think this particular testimony has been repeated so many times, another missionary, after 18 years of missionary service, said, when I first came to India, I was on the supernatural plane. Now I am on the natural plane. When I first came, I saw results. Now I rarely see them. It was her conviction that neglecting the morning watch accounted for this leakage of power. If Satan can deprive us of our morning watch in this land, he has little to fear from us in any land. Grace Wilder went on to say, We as an organization have made progress in study cases, in missionary libraries, in our enrollment list. Have we made a like advance in the faithful keeping of the morning watch? Do we hold spiritual equipment of paramount importance? Or would we dread a canvas concerning the morning watch? It is not a searching thought that our leader, the Lord Jesus, is testing the movement by this roll call rather than by any other figures which we can present. And then she quoted from the Bible, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That verse is from the book of Daniel. Grace Wilder goes on to say, a member of a large student volunteer band was recently asked, do the volunteers faithfully keep the morning watch? His reply was, I think a few keep it faithfully. If this be true of other bands, might not the fact explain certain difficulties that are confronting us just now? She continued, Many will recall our first awakening to the need of workers in foreign lands. We looked to God, and the prayer for volunteers was signally answered. After such a Red Sea crisis, we seem now to be paralyzed before a Jordan River. Maybe she was anticipating my two books, The Red Sea Rules, 
which talks about how God led the Israelites out of Egypt, and the soon-to-be-published Jordan River Rules that talks about how he led them out of the wilderness and into the Promised Land. Um, Grace Wilder was saying, sometimes we are stuck between the Red Sea and the Jordan River because we fail to keep our daily commitment of morning prayer and Bible study to the Lord. Well, let me go on with her article. 20 years ago, she said, a servant of God wrote thus, there is a responsibility resting on all our young men and women to preach Christ to the heathen. The failure of funds in case of any board to send and to support the candidates for this work does not release them from their personal obligations to Christ and to the heathen. The first foreign mission board ever organized in this country originated in the irresistible desire of young men to carry the gospel to the heathen, and they cherished and, and fanned that desire on their knees until it became a fire burning too intensely to be repressed. Some of them resolved to go to the heathen if they had to work their passage on sailing vessels and to work with their own hands when they got there, as Paul did to support themselves. Had that noble band of young men acted on this degenerate reasoning, there are no friends or boards to pay for our passage or support us in the work. We are therefore released from all obligations to go. If they had acted on that thought, we fear we might have had no foreign board in America to uh, at the present time, young men bought with the precious blood of Christ cannot easily be released from their obligations to preach Christ to the heathen. These words breathe a challenge made to us doubly real through the recent stringency in our boards. We are to meet it, not as individuals, but as members of the church of God. Now, what she's saying there is that people... Uh, back then, back in the late 1800s, were in financial panics and were struggling to get the money needed to go. But that didn't release them from their obligation to go. And she said they have got to go not just on the basis of having enough money, but on the basis of their prayer lives. And so she went on to say, I'm going to skip a little bit here, but she said, Christian friend, have you sought the missionary spirit? Have you attended meetings and conferences or read books or magazines? And do you still lament a lack of interest? Then try this one secret. It is the secret, she says, to finances, to motivation, to open doors, to the parting of the Red Sea, to the parting of the Jordan River. This one secret is keeping the morning watch. This very important aspect of closing the door and meeting with the Lord every day. Now, she didn't write that part, but I'm telling you that Jesus told us in Matthew 6, 6 to daily close the door and meet with our Father, which is in secret. And that secret time of the morning watch is our place of blessing. Now, let me continue with Grace Wilder. She said in this article, some are deprived of their share in Christ's kingdom by simply being engrossed otherwise. Things harmless in themselves have no right to absorb a Christian. The morning watch gives time for God's word to reveal this. Some give on the impulse of an address, hardly knowing how much and realizing even less how little they have given. But the morning watch gives time to adjust our accounts at the foot of the cross. 
Some seldom use this privilege of intercession, she says. What has ever been accomplished through our intercessory prayer, let us keep faithful the morning watch, and we shall know its blessings, and the answers will come day by day, and some answers will come someday. And she ended by saying, in order that every Christian may experience a deeper prayer life, we urge the setting apart of some half hour of the day for Bible study and secret prayer. The morning hour has been found by many to be preferable to any other. As difficulties arise, let us remember that Jesus, experiencing similar obstacles of weariness and work, yet took time to be alone with God. With all our professions of love and service, we, like Peter, have merited the reproof, What? Could you not watch with me for one hour? During the past two years, Christians of India, China, Japan, and Australia, and other countries have joined the Morning Watch. Let us realize our strength of union and increasingly emphasize this sacred hour. Well, again, this was an article written in 1898 in the Student Volunteer Movement magazine by missionary Grace Wilder, who grew up in New York but went to India where she died at the age of 49, and she was emphasizing and reminding all of her fellow missionaries part of this great youth advance that went out to change the world at the beginning of the 1900s, not to forget the power and the importance and the essential nature of spending time with the Lord every single morning in prayer and Bible study. And I like that phrase, the morning watch. We're told in the Bible that Jesus got up early in the morning in Capernaum, and he left before Peter or the others had awakened, and he crossed the Via Maris, the great highway that ran alongside the Sea of Galilee, and he went up to the mountains, and he was there praying as the sun came up. Now, I don't always get up quite that early, but my routine is inevitably that after I get up and have my shower, then I have my time of prayer and Bible study alone with the Lord. And I'm not looking for sermons or podcasts or lessons. I am just growing in the Word and feeding upon it and finding what I need to nourish myself. And then I spend time with the Lord in prayer. I was taught to do this every morning starting when I was 19 years old at Columbia International University, and it's a practice that has sustained me all of these years, and I like calling it the morning watch. So it's been an important part of the success of missionaries in all of these years since the days of the Book of Acts. And I found this article by Grace Wilder. I just thought I love the emphasis that these missionaries had, these young people, as they went all over the world. And she felt that their influence, their effectiveness, their results, and even their finances depended upon the integrity of their personal walk with God as exhibited in the morning watch. And I agree. I believe the same thing is true. Now, one last word. When we finish our prayer time and Bible study in the morning, it doesn't mean that we have finished our daily walk with the Lord. Our daily walk with the Lord goes all day and all night. He is with us like the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud that was with the Israelites. 
but the morning watch allows us to actualize that daily presence in a very special way. And the glow of it goes with us all day long. So the daily watch leads to a daily walk, and I believe that leads to the daily blessings we need. Well, next week, we'll get back to our study of the book of the Acts of the Apostles. I just was enthralled with this article that I found searching through while doing some research on the student volunteer movement, and I wanted to share it with you. There are a lot of things that I find and share on my podcasts and in my blog, which you can find at robertjmorgan.com and on my daily one-minute Bible studies on Facebook and Instagram. And you never know what I'm going to tweet. Sometimes I get into a Twitter fit. And so please follow me on all of these social platforms and encourage others to do the same. Check out my books. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Clearly Media, for producing this uh, podcast and for all of you who are readers and followers of the same Lord that enriches me day by day. May he bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may God be with you until we meet again.